Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. On today's show, we visit with UNLV assistant hockey coach Nick Raboni, who is uh, the recruiting coordinator as well for the hockey team. And Nick Raboni is a survivor of the October 1st, 2017 mass shooting. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. I am at Tony Dasco on Twitter. He is at TD Chris G. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On VGK. Thanks for making us your first listen. Each and every day, our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Nick Raboni is our guest. And uh, Nick, we'll talk more about your hockey team and everything that's going on and a big game, an exhibition at the defending D1 champion Denver coming up on Saturday. Uh, But first, Saturday is the fifth anniversary of the Las Vegas mass shooting at the Route 91 Harvest Festival. Now, you're a survivor and uh, we know that you were shot in the chest at that country music festival. Do you have thoughts that go through your mind every day? Um, and, and what will your emotions be like on Saturday on the fifth anniversary? Well, I got a pretty nice scar to remind me of it every day. That's for sure. Um, and, and with that being said, I think that that makes it tough not to realize, you know, how lucky I am and how fortunate I am to still be here. So I think that that's just a constant reminder to me, honestly, of, you know, how I should, how I really want to live my life. And, you know, I think, uh, doing what I do with UNLV is a big part of that. It's, I love coaching. It's, uh, it's my passion. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel that, uh, the biggest thing that came from Route 91 for me was like life, you know, sounds cliche, but life can be taken away from you at any second. So for as many breaths as you get on this earth, you should be doing what you love to do. And then as far as Saturday goes, you know, with, you know, with the anniversary coming up, I think it's always a time for me to even reflect further. I usually take a trip down to the memorial site and go down there and kind of just, reflect on everything and, and pay my gratitude to the, to the victims. And, um, you know, so I definitely always try and do that this year. It'll be a little different with me being in Denver. I'll probably go down there at some point today. For me, just the recovery of uh, one October was a lot linked to the Vegas golden Knights. And what I mean is I, I can still remember to this day, actually, you know, all the pain that, that I felt watching from afar and not being directly involved but I remember particularly, I think it was actually the opening game in Dallas. I was watching on my phone. I think my, my son was falling asleep on my shoulder. So, of course, Daddy was sneaking the hockey game in there and trying to do two things at once. And I remember the Golden Knights score. They won the game. And that was really one of the first moments that I had a big smile on my face after everything that had happened. So, I, I guess just similar, Nick, um, talk me through the the recovery process and maybe when you just kind of started to – I don't know if normal is the word, but maybe it is when things just kind of started to turn back to normal for you. Yeah, well, you know, funny story. Um, This was probably right right at that game. I might have been in the hospital my second or third night in the hospital. And yeah, Vegas was playing versus Dallas. 
And uh, I've watched a million hockey games with, you know, six, seven of my closest buddies. And so they were in the hospital that night with me. And the thing is, though, is we've been all different fans of all different teams. So, but when the Knights scored the first goal and everyone in the hospital room cheered, I thought it was like, it was like the weirdest thing. You know, I knew everybody was bought into the Vegas Golden Knights at that point, because like I said, we'd watched so many games and nobody had all cheered at the same time, but everybody cheered at the same time. And I think that that kind of one was a sense of normalcy for me, just being able to watch hockey, um, have a team of our own, you know, for, I was born and raised in Vegas. So in all reality, um, you know, you've been waiting for, for Vegas to have a team for so, so long. Um, and, and then moving into like getting out of the hospital and being able to go to the games in person and things like that. Uh, it was a tough time for everybody, including, you know, an entire city, people that were there weren't there. And the Knights gave everybody, you know, three hours of, of normalcy and fun and a way to just kind of let loose and, and, and enjoy life again. Um, and I think that I fell right into that same boat. Nick Ravoni is our guest. He is the UNLV assistant hockey coach and recruiting coordinator. And Nick is also a survivor of the October the 1st, 2017 mass shooting. And 60 people now, the number is up to 60, um, with uh, two victims added in 2020. So uh, luckily, I just recall you saying that the bullet didn't hit any of your vital organs. You were shot in the chest. And uh, just can you take us through uh, like everything that you recall. So Jason Aldean's on stage performing. Can you take us from there? Yeah, so I was probably 100 yards from the stage on the right-hand side. And uh, you just, you know, Jason Aldean's playing. And, you know, you just hear two, like, loud pops, just two of them, to start. And he's still playing. And then about two seconds later, you know, you just start hearing a barrage of, you know, at that time it was gunfire, but in all reality, you know, I've never been in a war zone or anything. I thought it was you know, like a lot of people, a blown speaker and or whatever it may be, but Jason Aldean was still playing. And then a couple of seconds later, you know, it kind of clicked like that's definitely not a speaker and people start crouching down. Um, and at that point, you know, I do actually probably think it is gunshots, but where it's coming from, you know, it's hard to tell. I guess the thing that was going through my mind was maybe it was a, you know, some type of like shootout on the strip. Like, I, you know, I didn't really know. Um, and then he stops playing. And then I, at that moment, I kind of turned towards Mandalay Bay and then bam, you know, it, it, it hits me and it, it feels just like a, you know, a sledgehammer to the chest. It doubled me over. And then, uh, at that point, you know, everybody is running and moving and, you know, at that, for me, I kind of stood up and blood is just coming out of my nose and my mouth. And, you know, I've seen movies before and normally it doesn't work out well for people like that when, when they're in that position. Um, and, and I was fortunate, like I tell everybody to be with my brother and some close friends that had, uh, had come with us that night. And so they grabbed me and, you know, we, we moved our way out of the concert and we, we ran as quickly as we could behind the cop car. And, uh, my brother's a firefighter paramedic. So for him, uh, he, you know, he, he kind of looked at my wound, assessed it and, you know, was able to get a first aid kit. And we actually didn't really use much in the first aid kit except the plastic wrapper that was on the outside of it because we didn't know if it had hit my lung or, or what happened there. So he, he put that over the bullet hole to make sure that no air could get in my body. Um, and then, then at that point, you know, we, we, 
tried to get further back and, you know, ambulances started coming. And then that was, that was kind of uh, the beginning of uh, me getting to the hospital. And, you know, I, like, I could tell everybody, I can't thank like the first responders, the, the doctors, the nurses, everybody at that hospital. Like when I got there, it was, it was chaos and, and they did just such an incredible job of triaging and getting people where they needed to be. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, they saved my life. So you mentioned your brother, um, talk us through what it was like having your own personal nurse for a while during all of that. <laughs> yeah, the recovery process was long. It was much longer than I kind of anticipated to be honest with you, but I would say from October to February, you know, it was, the whole month of October and into November, like I didn't really do as much as I wanted to, you know, I did what I, what I was told to do, I, but I'm like very proactive. So I was doing a whole lot more than that. So for my brother and being my brother, you know, it's nice, but he's still your brother. So he's like, did you go on your walk today? Did you do this? And I'm like, dude, I'm getting there. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, let's go. Like, get up. I'm taking you. Like, we're, we're going to go. And I'm like, okay. And at that point, you know, it was nice actually having somebody to push me a little bit and making sure that, you know, I was going to my PT, but let's do a little bit more. Like, let's do a little bit more. And, um, you know, for him, it was, uh, at the time we lived together, you know, we were roommates. So it was, it was definitely comforting knowing that I had somebody there that, can kind of assess me really if if things got a little little hairy with any of the injuries or anything like that. Tony, let me back that up really fast if you don't mind. Um, how long were you off the ice for, and what did it feel like the first time you got back on the ice after all this? So I was off the ice um, from October all the way until March. Um, I may have sneaked on a few times at a couple of the UNLV practices <laughs> when I probably wasn't supposed to. But the first time I actually played in a game like another, you know, men's league game was was in March and it felt good. I, I think uh, part of me wanted to, like, make sure mentally that I waited, knowing that if I'm going to play hockey, I don't want to sit there and like just do it half ass kind of deal. And, and like, sh- you know, sheltering and not going into corners or this or that and the other. Like, I just wanted to know that if I fell or like got bumped a little bit, you know, granted it's men's league, so it's nothing crazy, but it depends. I've seen my fair share of men's league stuff. (laughs) What's that? So it depends on the men's league out here. If it's Uh, it's Sundays at LVIC, they get a little reckless out there. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like luckily, like in the league that I play in, um, it's probably one of the higher level ones and we've all known each other for a long time. So it was cool. But, you know, like just to answer your question, there's nothing really like being on the ice. I mean, when you love it that much and something you've done for so long, it was, uh, it was, you forget how much you miss it. Like I, I never thought I would miss playing men's league as much as I did and take it for granted because, uh, and when, when you can't do it, it's, it's hard. Nick Raboni is our guest and uh, there's a docu-series called 11 minutes. It's on Paramount plus. I want to know if you were interviewed for that, if we'll see you on that show. Um, and also, do you stay in touch with any other survivors? I'm sure I know that you're such a positive person, and I'm sure that that some friendships have to come out of this as well. You know, I actually don't believe I was interviewed for 11 minutes. I actually I, this is the first I'm hearing that there was a, as I'm assuming it's a documentary coming out. It's a it's uh, a series. Yeah. on Paramount Plus that's airing now currently. Oh, OK. No, I have not. I'll have to I'll have to check it out. The only uh the only one that I actually did was Valiant with uh, 
the one that was on Apple TV. Um, but yeah, I, you know, there was, there was definitely some friendships made through this whole process. And, um, I think, uh, like I'm very lucky. I, you know, I have a very close friend group, very, very tight knit family. I had a lot of people in my support system. Um, it was, it was probably a lot easier for me to get through everything, both mentally and physically, knowing that I had people like that to help me out. Uh, but not everybody had that. So for me, I was trying to hopefully be some type of beacon for, you know, some of the other people. And I'd like to think that I was, um, and still am, you know, and it's like something like this sometimes doesn't just go away and you know, I can, it can stick with you for a very long time. So it was, uh, it, it was tough. Um, but I think that, uh, it was great knowing that I did come out of all this with some new friendships and some new, rela- new relationships. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the UNLV Rebel hockey team as they embark uh, for a game, an exhibition game at the University of Denver, the defending Division I champs. Back with more to this on Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, of course, the National Hockey League, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered across the board. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas, Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick, and our special guest today, UNLV assistant hockey coach, recruiting coordinator, Nick Raboni. Again, also a survivor of the October 1st, 2017 mass shooting. Let's talk some hockey. Uh, coming into this season, your skating rebels are number two in the nation. Come off of that great season a year ago, American Collegiate Hockey Association Final Four. 27 victories on the season. And Nick, uh, on Saturday, you'll open at Denver, the defending national champs. It's an exhibition game, but uh, what do you want to get out of playing against Denver on Saturday? You know, our program has large aspirations, right? We would, we would love to be an NCAA Division One team one day down the line. And it doesn't start without us first recruiting at a high level at our, at the, you know, at the ACHA Division One level. And um, getting guys that have played Division One college hockey transfer here, Division Three college hockey transfer here, um, high level junior leagues committing here, and I think that we've done a really good job of that the last few years. Um, and then now it's it's on to the scheduling. And when Denver actually reached out to us about playing this game, I, I mean it was a no brainer. Um, we have nothing to lose, and um, it's it's just hopefully going to be a really good opportunity for us to showcase our program. Um, and I think Denver thought the same thing with, with the NCAA allowing more exhibition games for the D1 teams rather than playing, you know, a Canadian college or something like that. Why not give a team like us an opportunity with a great brand uh, to come into Magnus Arena? And, and um, you know, it's, uh, it's a tall task for a program like ours, but we're really excited. You know, I think that when you have a program um, and a team that has nothing to lose with guys that are very gritty like we have, we have good team speed. 
um, you know, we could be dangerous and uh, we want to, we want to just go in there and represent our city, what represent the program and represent our league at the ACHA level as best we can. And I think we're going to do that. Props. I think on what I can see a, a nice Rob Blake Jersey behind your right shoulder there. It's pretty cool actually to see that framed like that. If that's what yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah a quick um, story on that. Actually. Oh, okay. So cool. I, when I was in the hospital, I'd been a big Rob Blake fan. And when I was in third grade, we were supposed to write um, to our, 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 um, our idol at that time, or, you know, someone <laughs> we looked up to. And so I wrote a letter to Rob Blake and I actually never heard back. And I was like, kind of bummed, whatever. And I don't know how this happened. I really don't, but somebody reached out and said that I was a Kings fan. And I don't know if they mentioned this story or what, but he sends me a Jersey that says, you know, with his, his uh, signature and best wishes, my name and all that good stuff. So pretty cool. Yeah. So that one had to get framed. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so question, you kind of alluded to it a little bit uh, in Tony's question, but youth hockey, and I, I got, I got an eight year old going through the little lights program right now. So I see it firsthand, but particularly how much youth hockey in, you know, Southern Nevada has grown just exponentially over the last, you know, five, six years now, since VGK has been here as kids are, hoping one day to become a Vegas Golden Knight or a Henderson Silver Knight, they start looking at, you know, the colleges that some of these players went to, obviously a lot of schools from the Midwest, from the East Coast and things like that. Uh, What is UNLV doing to particularly maybe reach out to the youth in the community and wanting to become a rebel and possibly how that could help their path one day to become an NHL player? I think exposure to our, our games and our, and our brand of hockey is the biggest thing. And so we try and do things like making sure that, you know, everybody in, in every organization in town knows about our games, number one. And then number two, you know, we, we always try and get out to some practices. It's, sometimes it's tough um, with us. And then also, you know, the youth practices uh, when they want to, you know, allow some guests to come on the ice and coach it, but we're going to one this Tuesday and uh, we want to continue to do that throughout the year. And uh, one of the things we're, we're looking at doing this year is putting on a youth camp as well um, in December around, you know, Christmas break. I think that that's really important for us to to continue to, to do everything grassroots style um, anytime that we can get on the ice with them or anytime that we can do a, um, you know, maybe a showcase, even if it's like a street hockey thing or whatever it may be, you know, we want to make sure we're involved with this community as much as any of the other programs. So I think that that's, that's our number one goal is to be able to do that and just get our brand out there and then show them that, um, you know, playing at the NHL level is very, very hard. And, you know, and playing at division one college hockey is very hard and playing at our level can be very, very difficult. It requires a lot of, um, you know, hard work and dedication and, uh, but we also want the players as they get older to realize that, you know, UNLE could be a viable and really good option for them to play a high level of college hockey. You have a couple of games coming up this season. Nick Raboni's our guest. Uh, October 7th against Utah here and uh, November the 16th, D1 uh, Alaska Anchorage. And those two games there, are you excited to get onto that new sheet of ice there at the Dollar Loan Center? We can't wait. It's it's such a beautiful facility. I think it's great for college hockey too. Five thousand seats. Um, you know, we we don't fall under the athletic departments uh, athletic department's umbrella. So all the marketing that we do is kind of on our own, and we we have a great team that's pushing it really hard. Both of those games. 
Um, but ideally, you know, we want to get as many people there as we can. I think that our guys deserve it. And, and Utah has a, has a really good team as well. So for them to be able to come in and, and be, um, our opponent for the home opener, it should be a great hockey game. And what better way to spend a Friday night with, with no Vegas Golden Knights and no Silver Knights than to come support your Rebels, um, at Dollar Loan Center. Talk through maybe a couple of um, your star players on the team and maybe compare them to a couple of uh, some of our VGK stars. That's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, you, we have one of our transfers, a, a guy kind of from the, the NCAA D1 level, um, Long Island University. His name is Rob McCollum. He's such a smooth skater. He's a defenseman, lefty. I would say, you know, if you had to compare him to somebody on, on the Knights, you know, somebody like Shea Theodore, a guy that, that can move really well, jumps in the play, can score some goals for you. Um, you know, he's going to be an exciting player to watch for us this year. So he's, he's one. Um, another one that I would say, um, you know, we have a guy that's, that's coming into his fifth year. Um, really big player, tough. I would say he's like a, a, a Will Carrier type because he skates so well, but he's really big and he, he can be a bit mean. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we kind of have it all on the team. There's, there's not, there's not many guys that I would say, um, really stand out because we have so much depth. And, and I think that, you know, especially at the forward wise, like fourth line to first line, you know, there's times our fourth line kicks, kicks our first line's ass at practice. So, it's uh it's a good problem to have, but um, you know, I think it just goes to show the depth that we we've gone out and recruited this year and, and we're able to retain from last year. Stay with us. Coming up next, we'll talk to Nick about uh, some of his recruits and, and prospects and uh, potential move down the line to division one. Stay with us more for this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick. And today's special guest, UNLV assistant hockey coach and recruiting coordinator, Nick Raboni. And uh, Nick, I wanted to uh, to ask you about the growing fan support. I mean, you guys played the Scarlet and Gray exhibition game, right? Uh, which is essentially a pickup game, but an opportunity for the fans to see this team firsthand. Uh, how do you get all these fans to come out to your games? Because it's always packed there at City National. And we're hoping again that you have a, a, a very large crowd coming up in Henderson. It's really kudos to, to our secondary team and our secondary staff that beyond the hockey stuff, I, I guess I shouldn't even use the word secondary, but just our, our media team and community relations team, you know, it's, it's been, you know, it's my eighth year now at the program. And one of the major things that head coach Anthony Greener and I wanted to do was build a, an off ice team that was going to be able to help us out and continue to grow. You know, this is an ever changing market here in Las Vegas. Um, we're competing with a lot of different things and it's important for us to bring people on that love the program and want to see it succeed and have some new ideas and fresh ideas, whether it be social media or videos, um, you know, how we can get out in the community. Um, so we're constantly just pushing that and, 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 working with our schools with CCSD and, and the elementary schools and getting them to the games. Like, you know, you, you don't just get fans. Like it's, 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 it is work. And I think that you put a great product on the ice that helps winning is, is key, especially in this city. People love their winners. You know, I've been here a long time and I've seen it with UNLV basketball and um, the other sports here. So if you win, they will come, but at the same time, you know, you really got to make sure that, 
uh, you're pushing your brand because a lot of people still don't even know that UNLV has a hockey team. It's uh, I think that's changed a lot over the last, you know, two to three years in particular, but you know, we're constantly going to be fighting that battle and there's always going to be new people moving to the city as well. Talk me through just some of the recruiting process as that seems like that's a lot of your world. Um, Particularly what are, the biggest selling points that you're selling to uh, candidates, if you will, who are considering uh, coming to Las Vegas? Well, I think it starts with looking at the type of player that we have coming here. Um, you know, hockey at the division one level is, is really tough to crack. I mean, I always say this, there's, there's more talented hockey players in North America and the rest of the world than there are division one college hockey teams which means that there's always going to be opportunities elsewhere, you know, at the NCAA D3 level or at the ACHA Division I level with us. Um, you know, I would say that those two can be very comparable. You know, if we were to play NCAA D3, I think that we would beat a lot of those teams. Um, so that's the number one thing is that there is the talent there. And now, you know, they have to realize that there's going to be other options for them besides some of these schools that might be a better fit. So a school like UNLV, got a you know big campus vibe to it it's it's growing it's there's a ton of different options for them to major in and then there's also the financial aspect of it too if you look at the d3 level there's you know all these schools back east but it's forty fifty thousand dollars a year to go to these schools where unlv is probably half that for out of state and then there's the scholarship opportunities for academics that that are involved as well so that's kind of our first sell is just showing them that, Hey, there's more to it. And then we provide a great experience both on and off the ice. You know, we, we try and run our program as close to an NCAA division one team as possible. We're fortunate to have a great budget, really good supporters. So, you know, our big sell is, you know, we don't, you know, we don't bus anywhere over six hours where we make sure that we're flying guys get three great meals on the road. We always, we never travel and play on the same day. You know, so for instance, with us going to Denver playing Saturday, we're coming in Friday morning. They have a day to acclimate. We skate pregame skate like any division one team would, you know, so it's like when you show that you care and you show that that you have structure, um, whether they admit it or not, they all want it. And so for for guys to come here and see that we run things the right way, both on and off the ice, and they're going to get a first class college hockey experience once they come here and see that. I would say that our retention rate is probably 90%. So it's uh it's it's a great thing we have going here. We're very fortunate just being with in Vegas with the weather. They all love that um as well, you know, you're not, you know, freezing your ass off in the middle of hockey season. So there's there's a lot of uh benefits and and um you know, we try and showcase all of them. Nick Raboni is our guest. Uh, talk to us about a potential move to Division 1. Are you closer now, you know, than you've been? Um, I know that it's expensive. How much does it cost? And when I spoke to you this past spring, you said one of the major issues is keeping a consistent athletic director, right, at UNLV. Uh, so they can't have a turnstile with athletic directors because you start some conversations and some dialogue and then they tend to move on. Yeah, that, that is one thing. I do think, you know, Eric is from everything that we hear is here for the long haul. And, um, he's been involved with the community for a very long time. And, you know, him and coach Greener have had conversations, um, just about our program. And, you know, he's, he loves everything that we're doing here. I would say this is the closest we've ever been though. When you look at, you know, our schedule with four NCAA games, um, you know, just playing games at dollar loan center, 
Um, I mean, all of those things can have trickle down effects in terms of exposure. And it really like, we, you know, we, like we always talk about it comes down to money and uh, to, to elevate a team like ours to the division one level. Like as most people know, you know, you have to elevate a women's program as well. Um, I do think women's lacrosse would be great for us here, or maybe even a women's ice hockey team. Um, but in order to sustain both of those, to get it up and running, I think that you'd have to feel close to comfortable with about $25 million, $20 million to sustain it for at least the first four to five years. But uh, another thing is, is there's a company called College Hockey Inc. that um, has gone ahead and and done their due diligence with our program and would love to sponsor a, a true feasibility report. Um, to see if college hockey would work here. So we're really hoping to continue to get that going. And hopefully this this is another step in the right direction. Um, but that's a really, really big step too. Quick one for you. In five years, UNLV hockey will be? Confident to say, I think that UNLV will be at the NCAA Division One level. If not, that's Okay. Because we know that I, I, I'm confident that we will win a national championship at our level now. And uh, people will have just as much fun at our games regardless. Nick, uh, can you tell the fans where they can purchase tickets and how they can get involved with UNLV Rebel Hockey? Yeah, all the information, our schedule, ticketing, purchasing merchandise can all be done at rebelhockey.com. So head on over there and you'll be able to find anything you need regarding our program. Nick, uh, best of luck in Denver. We appreciate the visit. Uh, we need to get some fans out to the Dollar Loan Center coming up on October the 7th against Utah, November the 16th against another D1 team, Alaska Anchorage. And we appreciate you speaking about the terrible tragedy here in Las Vegas of October 1st, 2017. Thank you so much, man. It's great to catch up. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks so much for joining us today on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick, thanks for making us your first listen each and every day as well. Our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Back tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.